Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. <laughs> that was a bad start. That was hilarious. Wow. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> um, well, that was good. Yeah, happy feast day of the patron saint of diocesan priests. Um, I wonder if we should wait till our meeting tonight to decide what we call this. Is this a new season? Are we going to totally revamp the entire podcast? Are we going to make it a variety show? You know, like, should What's I even the- post this? today let's let the board decide but i think yeah i mean post it man also i yeah variety show that's great Mm -hmm. i like a daily youtube variety show with our our call-in schedule the the lines are open please feel free to call (laughs) in remember with one time i don't i think is when i did a couple episodes over the summer the first summer we did it I was with uh, Scott and DMAC, and Blaha was on one episode, I think. And we had uh, Tom Byrne call in, but actually we just called him and had him on speaker. <laughs> He's the first caller ever. First and only caller ever into Three Dogs North. The good old days. Mm-hmm. Hey, what else who? can we do? We could start a, what if we started a subscription service and people paid like $100 a month and we sent them like a box of stuff every month. I read about, apparently that's a thing. Mm-hmm. And you like, don't know what you're going to get. But instead we just gave them stuff that we didn't want. Mm-hmm. We just emptied our closets. Yeah. That's like, a here's thought. a, here's a leftover pen I took from a hotel one time. Uh, here's a, a breath saver mint. I maybe use candles. I think a hundred dollars a week would probably be better. Well, we'd make more money that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, do y'all have any hopes and dreams in terms of silent guests for this for this new season? What do y'all think? Hmm. I thought we should invite uh, Amy Coney Barrett, Justice Barrett, on. Man, yeah, that's a good that's a good one. That's a good one. Yep. I admire her. How about Io Desumo? Yes, yes, yes. Is that the U of I Go basketball Bulls. player? Yeah, he got drafted yep. by the Bulls. Got drafted by the Bulls. Okay. Um, I think I would like to have on. Hmm. I don't know. I have to think about that. So, question, Mike. You said before that you said Mass for the Braves, the Atlanta Braves. Uh huh. I got recently invited. Uh, to celebrate mass this coming week for the visiting team of the bears preseason game, which if you want to Google that, you can find out which it is, but um, I've never done that. How was that? It was, it's been good. So I've been going pretty regularly. Whoa. Uh, wasn't planning on is Chipper Jones still on the Braves. Chipper Jones is not still on the Braves. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they asked me to be. So I'm essentially the, the the Catholic chaplain for the team, and I go. It's about biweekly, and each Sunday they'll have like a one o'clock game, and so they they try to provide mass for the players and and the the clubhouse. Is it a decent turnout? Um, 
No, not really. Um, But they also haven't had it in like the last two years. And so things are just kind of getting back to the the normal. And so, you know, it's it's really fun. I I love doing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, They got a couple of big namers from the actual clubhouse, like the organization that come down and uh, enjoy getting to talk with them. Nice. And and then get to like this past Sunday, just going out on the field and hanging out in the dugout with some what? Of the players and pretty dude. Sweet. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. They Have you me, met? Ever uh, let you do batting practice? Yeah, they let me hit a, hit a few balls, you throw hit some a few dingers. Yeah, heck yeah, heck yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, going out there and not hitting some dingers. <laughs> what do you Who do you think I am? Yeah. Good. Just have talks. you met? Uh, you bring you out a metal Coach bat? Snicker yet? Yeah, he's an amazing dude. Yeah, ask him about he. I mean, but he grew up right by Iliopolis, FYI. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's I didn't a, know that. There's a book he played on a high school baseball team. They got second in state, and this ESPN writer, like ten or fifteen years ago, wrote a book about it. And uh, he's from, I think he's from Macon, Illinois, okay. which is like they always they used to play Iliopolis. They're like forty minutes away tops so just be like oh yeah central illinois man i, I get you dude Throw that out there i totally will he's such a cool guy he's a very very prayerful guy cool. um coach yeah, who? So it's, it's a lot of fun snicker snicker as in the bar i don't know the bar snicker bar Snickers? oh oh as in the candy bar mm-hmm. they're talking about like a pub <laughs> yeah so it's been fun but um yeah, and then I'll come back to the parish in the afternoons and celebrate mass for the real heroes, for the uh, the parishioners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are you? Have you always been a Braves fan? Um, yeah, but I, I I don't follow baseball as closely as let's say college football and the Georgia Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yes, but a caveat: like not a huge fan. Right, um, but certainly follow the team, no doubt. Yeah, sweet, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's pretty fun, dude. You know what I should get? <laughs> Just thought of this. Baseball is the only sport where the coaches dress like the players. Yes, dude. I need to start dressing like the players, man. Yep. But with a collar, like I don't know, just show up in in a Braves baseball uniform. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's a good idea. Mm. Get the old baseball pant roll up, the high socks. You definitely do high socks. Oh yeah, and cleats. What's up, Father Mike? Here, just start giving out some baseball signals. Wait, Woo. did the did the managers wear cleats? What I mean, I've never looked at their shoes, but it'd be funny if they were wearing the whole uniform, but then like Keds or flip flops or something, because <laughs> they didn't need to be running. <laughs> I, you never know. The benches could clear, man. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, what's going on with you guys? It's been it's been a little while. Do y'all want to send any updates to the peoples? Updates. Life is good. Yeah, we're glad Nothing. to be back. Glad to be back. I have a well, we can if there's any more there, feel free. I have a I have a question for you guys that I, I think is worth pondering. I love those. Ask it, yeah. Okay, here's the story. This was probably like three weeks ago. 
and I watched, I had an evening kind of free up and I watched the movie, uh, I think it's on Amazon with Chris Pratt and it's called Tomorrow, Tomorrow War. War. Yeah, I watched that. And it was the worst movie I've really ever bad. seen. No and way. Like, yeah, so bad. I would, I mean, I love Chris Pratt, would love, actually he would be a great silent guest as well. Mm-hmm. Um, But it was, oh my gosh, like so bad. I mean, at one point there was like this weird, like alien demon dog thing that he just got in a fist fight with and ended up like slitting its throat. And like, it was Mm, wild, but here's what happened. It was so bad that I enjoyed it because it was so bad. Hmm. And the only other time that it happened was Mike, when you played that movie for cam Knight. what was that called? Pacific rim. Pacific Pacific rim. Rim. (laughs) Yeah. Pacific rim. And so I was like, and I think very fondly of that movie for all the memories that it, that it made us anyway. Um, but I was like, what, what is that? Like, what's the, what's the essence that's there when something can be like that bad that it's good? It like <laughs> flips. Um, Cause I was, it, I mean, Dude, this movie was so bad. And they tried to have like these just like dramatic like scenes. And I was like, oh, gosh. But Lots of explaining. End, I, it were, movies like that where the universe has unique things and they just have to. A lot of the dialogue is just there to explain <laughs> what's going on. What's happening. Yeah. Transformers was like that. I went and saw Transformers 3 or something when I was in Costa Rica. And it was all... Um, in Spanish with English subtitles, uh, it was like overdubbed and then Spanish or English. Yeah. Spanish subtitles. I can't remember what it was, but it would just made it so much more clear that much of this movie is robots talking to people about why what's happening is what's happening. And it's like a three hour movie. I'm like, this is so boring. I felt that way about Pacific Rim. I agree about tomorrow war that, I think what happens is you get to a point where you're like, I want to be invested in this movie as a movie. Like I want to like these characters and I want to care what happens to them. But then enough dumb stuff happens um, where it's so CGI'd or so fake or so convoluted, you know, like there was time travel um, that was a little bit uh, math. Matthew McConaughey space movie. What's that called? Not Inception. Interstellar. Interstellar. A little, a little bit like that, where you're, you're trying to figure it out and like, wait, does this actually make sense? You know, twenty minutes past there, but forty years past there, and um, so that can be cool, but can it can also just pull you out of communion with the movie, where you start standing over it and looking down on it and saying, this is actually dumb, and I, I think that's when. To me, that's the moment when you can start to enjoy the badness of a movie is when you when you give up on trying to like be inside of it and you just go out of it and look down and say with other people, isn't this funny how how not good this is, (laughs) you know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I I do know that oddly enough, Pacific Rim was like one of the most 
internationally successful movies maybe ever made <laughs> apparently on like the world stage i guess like in 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 the east it was insanely popular uh, that movie had i didn't pay much attention to it i think i was like working on homework or something and it came in and out but to me that movie has the most representative deus ex machina ever like where at the end of a drama all of the tension and um, whatever, like the whole point of the movie comes to a climax. And instead of figuring out a way within the universe to resolve the tension, they just like bring in something that was always there, but you didn't know it that solves all the problems. And that was that sword. Do you remember? Sword. Oh yeah. They're trying to defeat the beast or is it like dragons underwater or something? And they've been fighting and fighting and fighting and it's too strong and the technology they have can't beat it. And then all of a sudden the guy goes, uh, Blasto sword. And he just like cuts the thing's head off and then it's over. That's <laughs> right. I had forgotten about that. Like, just why didn't you use sword. that sword? Why didn't you use that sword in minute one of the movie? Immediately. And it would have been over. Yeah, it's like a jump cut. Like uppercut, but with a sword. He chops his, <laughs> chops his head off. Like you like, had that sword the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Rob, why do you why did you start finding enjoyment in its badness? I don't know. I I don't know. I don't have answers here. Only questions. But his it was, dad, was some... who's the actor that plays his dad? He's he's awesome. I love that guy. He is very funny. Um He's the guy from the commercials, the farmers commercials. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but Which he's ripped in that movie, by the way, for an old guy. True. He got yeah. super jacked. Yeah. Um, but at some point in the movie, like I had a moment of, I mean, 45 minutes in, I was like, I'm just going to turn this thing off. And it was, I kind of like went to, I just, I wasn't paying as close of attention then. And it was almost like, man, these lines like, yeah, I couldn't get much cheesier or um, I, I don't know. I don't know what made me kind of just flip to to enjoy it then. Um, but it, it just reminded me of Pacific Rim, man. <laughs> and we quoted that Pacific Rim movie for months, if you mm -hmm. guys remember. <laughs> I mean, that gave us lots of and lots of good times. Yeah. Um, I think one of my favorite parts of Tomorrow War was how they're doing like really good science in this little lab with the with the beast in the cage. Yes. And they're running some kind of tests where, you know, you just keep seeing percentages fly up on the screen. And you, I guess they make you assume that the higher percentage is good. And they keep getting like 60%, 70%, 80%, 95%, 96% until they get 100 and of course, they get the 100% match of this green vial that is the cure for this alien at the moment the aliens are overtaking the the lab. Right. And just the idea that science happens like in that 24-hour period, you just run these tests until you get the computer to say it. And then that's the moment like, we did the science. Now let's get out of here. <laughs> the science is done. The science is done. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I think there's other I don't know. Like is 
if there's other aspects of life um like that i'm trying to like relate it to um to something because i really don't know the answer of like man what what does happen there's certain freedom like when stuff happens and you're like all right like i just can't take this that seriously anymore and oftentimes like there is you know um like a freedom uh, a freedom in that for just i don't know I, I don't even know an example there of different aspects of um of life but i i was just kind of curious to if it's even a question of like yeah how do you like how does that happen like i wasn't i wasn't mad at the end of the movie it was just right. like huh that hey, was it's very unique yeah here i thought of uh an example of something similar um so i have been i have been trying to get our spanish community back uh to go into mass and the community as a whole trying to get everybody to come back to mass after the pandemic and you know whatever that looks like going ahead in the future but uh i felt like kind of disappointed um in my own spanish abilities and like just trying to ask the lord like what do i need to do to help folks come back and uh and to keep praying and yeah returning to the sacraments and all these different things and i i have been like beating this drum you know like a lot of priests and a lot of parishes to try and get people back and this past sunday <laughs> we had like full house man people were stoked um gave a talk on the mass this past weekend to our women's group and then a men's group and they were so excited and we ended up having to like eventually boot them out of the church. Like guys, you got to go home. And they like didn't want to leave. And there was all this momentum. And then Sunday masses come around and our, and our masses, the masses that I celebrate were like super packed. And I was so pumped and just like loving it. And then about like halfway through the mass, I realized that I was getting super frustrated because there was all these people there <laughs> and like all these people were screaming and nobody was paying attention. And then, they're like coming up for communion. I'm like, oh, these people, <laughs> these people, <laughs> it's all their fault. And like, I, I kind of recognized that I was frustrated at people being back in the church. Mm -hmm. What are you people doing here? This was, this used to be so prayerful until all you people were here, you know, <laughs> like they don't, I don't know. They don't know how to receive communion and these kids, they don't know what's going on. And, and I started to laugh at myself while I was distributing communion because of how insanely stupid that was. <laughs> it's like, I've been wanting these people to come back. And now that the people are back, like my own, I don't need like selfishness to some extent and me wanting things to be a certain way um, is actually making me not enjoy it. Like this is not the proper response mm -hmm. to, to this, but thanks be to God. Like I was able to, to laugh at it. So it, it totally wasn't the right response from me, but then I don't know what ended up happening, like what changed that disposition, but it, it was actually a real grace. And then I was able to super enjoy the rest of mass and, and be able to, yeah, actually rejoice having my people there. And like, they're there on their terms. They're not there on my terms, but they're there with Christ. And, and that's a good thing, you know, so to, to kind of be able to see it in a different light, which is weird because it's the same experience, but seen totally differently. 
And I don't know what that flip was, you know, but that doesn't always happen. That flip doesn't always happen. Sometimes it's just, this is a miserable experience and I wish things were different. And, and you don't get to see, you know, whatever that, you know, to laugh at yourself and enjoy kind of like your own stupidity. I don't know. So it's, it's an example that comes to mind and I don't really know even what's present in that, but yeah. Yeah, you know it's funny. I was um, it reminds me of Seinfeld's comedians in cars with Fred Armisen. He says to Fred Armisen that part of what makes Portlandia funny and the stuff that Fred Armisen does is that he's so serious. Like everything he does is so absurd. The characters that he has, <laughs> but they just take themselves so seriously, and that's what makes it just deadly funny. Yeah. Um, and there's something really true about that. Like I remember my, my brother got my mom <coughs> a uh, squirrel proof bird feeder for right outside the kitchen window. And we'll be sitting in there uh, just chatting and somebody will be like, Oh, a squirrel. And they keep trying to get at the bird seed, even though it has this, the stand that the birds stand on to eat out of the little hole is motorized so that something light as a bird doesn't activate the motor, but the squirrel heaviness does. So it, you might've seen this where it, like they push on the bar and it f spins very quickly and flings them off of the bird feeder. <laughs> I have not and, seen that. And it works really well. Some amazing videos. Yeah. Where they're like holding on by their like back claws. Yeah. Like Olympic level athletes, squirrels. <laughs> but it's so funny when a squirrel, it, it's exciting when the squirrel is just starting and kind of like eyeing it and trying to um, like extend its body from the tree because it's learned that it can't sit on that thing and trying to look at them problem solve. They are taking them. Th this mission is so serious to them, but you as a human being can look at how absurd they are and they'll, you know, they'll fly off and hit the ground and they're fine physically. Um, but <laughs> I can't as a human not, feel kind of sorry and embarrassed for them because they look so <laughs> ridiculous and it occurred to me that i think thomas aquinas says that man is the risible animal like we we're the only animal that laughs other than like hyenas or things that sound like they're laughing but we laugh at um reality when we see see the contradiction of say serious and absurd um and it just it just strikes us as funny because we can apprehend the whole of reality and kind of see like how things should be or how we expect them to be. That's kind of like misdirection and comedy where you expect one thing, but then they give you another. Yeah. Um, and I think Barron said that in the, his thing on the incarnation and the Catholicism series is that it's this big joke that God became a baby in a manger. Um, only a human being could see the, the radical paradox and just kind of laugh with delight and like, wow, God, that is very clever, you know, to have, have done it this way. Um, and it also occurs to me like, you know, my dad's been sick and he was in the hospital for a little while. And, um, my mom a few years ago had a pretty serious surgery as well. And in both instances, sitting in the hospital waiting for results that you, you're bracing for bad news or, or whatever, you're just worried. Um, there is this weird mirth 
that develops in the in the family like we just become sort of slap happy uh, and joke with each other and um, there's something about the seriousness of the situation that uh, comic relief is just so welcome um, hmm. I don't know that's very interesting yeah and that I've heard um there is something there of like the capacity to recognize absurdity is only, I guess only humans can do that, which right. is pretty cool. Um, yeah. A couple of things come to mind of, um, yeah, I, I just seen there was just a couple people, some, some priests and actually some, the guy I'm thinking of is, is not, he's just a, he's an older uh, gentleman, like super good guy, very, very faithful. And I remember having lunch with him uh, one time, this was several years ago, and he like saw a friend of his who had just lost his wife at the restaurant, and he asked if we could go over, and um, said, "Yeah, sure." And and the guy was just, you know, it was like within the the last month he had lost his wife, so he's kind of just a, a mess, like talking about it. And um, this guy I was with, he just put on a clinic of like pastoral care, man, and um, all he did was just got the guy like talking and laughing. Um, and it wasn't like, it was not in any way to like take the pain away or anything like that. But he was, he was talking about that then as we went back to, to lunch, he was just like, he was like, yeah, I love that guy. And his wife was so nice. And I just, he's like, I just had to get him, you know, like just get him talking, get him laughing. And, and, um, it just, it kind of like, you know, just brings a smile, which is good and allows some joy to come in there. And I, I still remember that, um, but it also, it, like, it reminds me of this story, and this is, I can't remember the details. I think I've only read it once, um, but there's this little kind of, I'm yeah, I haven't heard it a lot about Therese, but there's a point in her life, and she was in the Carmel, and, like, it's, it, it's kind of this whole big story of, like, there was this person in France at the time who, like, kind of faked a conversion as as like a just like a bad joke um and so they were a pretty well-known person and like therese wrote this person a letter that they like just that she had been praying for him and all that stuff and um anyway it came out in the newspaper then that the person like had just done it as a joke to pretty much make fun of christians and like they hadn't converted or anything like that and thought christianity was dumb and all that and one of the sisters like tried to break it to Therese because she had been like praying for this person so much and was kind of so invested emotionally seemingly in this. And so they brought her like the newspaper clip of this all coming out and this person making fun of Christianity. And her response was like, just immediate. She was like, this is a waste of time. And she tore it up and she literally went out and like just threw it in the outhouse um, at the time, the the newspaper. So there was like in her response, there's also like, a reaction there to see like absurdity and not necessarily respond with humor either, but like she didn't let it bother her in any way of mm -hmm. like, this is just, this is like a, almost like a sick joke and I'm not going to let it like penetrate me. So those are unrelated, but those were the two things I was thinking of um, mm -hmm. there. Well, it is funny. I, I think, um, and this is something comedians talk about a lot these days of like what's off limits and what's offensive and, <laughs> and things. Um, and I'd say I'm, I'm pretty in the camp of like a sense of humor is a really important thing for a culture to have. 
about itself and things that takes death deathly serious, you know, that are absurd need to be poked fun at. And we have a venerable tradition in this country of making fun of our leaders and presidents, no matter who they are. Um, you know, and in certain regimes that's completely verboten, you know, I don't know in Russia, can they make fun of Vladimir Putin and not get thrown in jail? I have no, no clue, but, um, there still is sometimes like you'll, you'll listen to a stand up. I love stand up comedy and they just hit something that I take really seriously, like the Eucharist or something. Um, and I, you know, even that, I, I think I can have a sense of humor, certain jokes, like Dan Cook had a thing about the different ways people come to communion. That was pretty funny. You know, it's a little irreverent, but there's sometimes there's like a line, like maybe that was the Therese line. Like, this is not a joke. You know what I mean? That's not that's not something to to take lightly. Um, hmm. And uh, I do think that that's you know to the to the point about um, well, for instance, at funerals, a lot of times people will have this desire, like us in the surgery waiting room, to like get some comic relief, to not be so sad, to not be so worried just have a little bit of release and like at the funeral mass i've heard um good eulogies you know eulogies are not part of the rite, but they get allowed sometimes for pastoral reasons but the reason i i discourage them and just say like talk at the luncheon afterwards is because the mass is not the time to do the oh man this guy was such a you know blah 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 and telling jokes and swear words and um people want to make light and they're like, we want to be a celebration of life and blah, blah, blah. There's, there's a time when like your friend, um, coming up and just trying to cheer the guy up, uh, where it's like, yeah, tell some funny stories or, you know, um, laugh about this person, even though you're sad, you know, that's part of being human is that we can transcend the emotional situation, but there's also something sacred about the morning and the offering of prayers for the dead and what's happening at the mass. That's not a joke, you know? Uh, and once somebody, especially at that time, like right after communion, right before the final commendation and the incense to have somebody just tell stories and, and get cheap laughs has always felt weird to me. You know what I mean? So there's an art to it. Yeah. would love to continue. I gotta go dudes. Well, we'll be seeing a lot of you today or talking. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we, we got the clubhouse deal. Yeah, I should post this this morning then so people, well, I don't know how many people are going to listen before 3 p.m., but 3 p.m. Central, we'll be on clubhouse. All right, guys. Glad to be back. Yes, good to talk to you guys. See ya. Peace. See ya. Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisk, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball.
Thank you, dogs. Thank you, dogs. Good girl.